0: Question: We're going to start with you, Kim, um, because you kind of addressed some of this in your in your talk as well. Um, The first question is: How does one draw the line between the physiological and the spiritual when it comes to anxiety? Is anxiety sinful? Specifically, anxiety from trauma, high stress situations, etc. Is the line blurry or clear?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for sending these questions in beforehand because they were excellent, and I was very glad to be able to think about them in advance. Um, okay, so I think it's, it's clearly it's hard to draw a clear line between the two when you're in the midst of anxiety, right? There are almost always both, is my answer. I think there's almost always a physiological component as well as a spiritual component. I think we are amiss if we, when we start to focus on just one or the other. Um, so a comprehensive kind of assessment of anxiety will consider this body, right, that we have for now, and also what is going on on a spiritual level. Um, I do think there's pretty much always a spiritual component um, because basically everything we do has some spiritual ramifications and, um, just how are we processing through, you know, I get a cold. How am I processing that? Am I, am I, you know, being mean to the people around me? Am I, um, so I think there's a sense in which everything has a, has a spiritual component if, you know, when we're in the Lord. Um, I would encourage just my quick answer is take physical help when it's available. Don't neglect the physiological side of this. Um, but also don't neglect the spiritual. So take, take the physical help, whether that looks like medication. Sometimes that looks like I just need to go walk outside. Sometimes that looks like I need to separate myself from a relationship for a season. There's lots of ways that the physical body can be helped. Um, maybe it's a hot bath. There's a, million, there's a million ways that the physical body can be helped. And so take those helps, but don't neglect what may be going on on a deeper level. Don't just don't stop there. Because we're more likely to deal with the body than we are to deal with the deeper spiritual issues. So, just my encouragement is take this, take this helps. They're good, um, but don't stop there. Um, So, yeah. So, don't neglect the spiritual. And I think we just uh, the last thing I'll add is I think we all are aware that there is a (laughs) there's a that our physical being and our spiritual being are, are inseparable, right? Even like in our physical in our spiritual disciplines. You know, the discipline of fasting. What are you doing? you are withholding something from your physical body in an effort to humble yourself and, you know, create or, or not create, foster in dependence on the Lord. So we all are aware that these two parts of ourselves are really inseparable and affect each other. So, um, so yeah, I think that's what makes it kind of blurry, if you will, at times. Um, but I think it's, it's wise and good to consider both, um, always.
0: Um, and just so you know, as a plug for that one, um, we, we're giving short answers, because that's the nature of a Q&A, but we, um, for a couple of our questions, actually, we do have upcoming sessions. So uh, Melissa is going to teach a whole session later in the summer on the body and anxiety. So just plug for future events. We have, um, we have a whole session dedicated to that. But thank you, Kim. Um, and feel free um, to jump in, other panelists, as these questions come through. Um, Shelley, would you start us off on this next one? The, um, what does anxiety like to masquerade as?
2: Um, I think a lot of times as a mom, anxiety um, masquerades as carefulness. You were talking about your kids. Um, For me, what I have discovered over time is I want to control outcomes for my children. um, And that is motivated by love, um, which is good. (laughs) But I am not God, and I am not in charge of their testimonies. And anything that God chooses to allow into their life, there is nothing, no vigilance, no carefulness that I can do that could prevent it. Um, And if he decides to protect them, then um, nothing can get through that he allow, you know, if he said this will not touch you, then it won't, I mean, his care is effective where mine is not. So for me, I think a lot of times my anxiety is masqueraded as care and concern and a desire to help them but it really is just an anxiousness to protect them um, from things that God may decide he will allow into their lives. And then all that energy and emotion is, is wasted. <laughs> and I am much worse off, and they are not any better off.
0: What did you say?
3: In other forms later?
0: Um, Well, you're welcome to bring them out now, um, or uh, we do have other um, thoughts that we can send along. There's a whole
3: nother session on that, right? Maybe I'm making that up. Okay, well, in that case, (laughs) I think anxiety can masquerade as many different things. For me, irritability, or loss of sleep, or. Sometimes when I'm really anxious, I can just be super, super focused and I can only think about one thing. I think all of us know a, a lot of different things that like we, we've already thought about this and you guys know yourself well. It's actually anxiety, but it looks like a whole bunch of different things depending on our personality. So I think the list would be as long as there are people times seven or something like that.
0: Very good. Um, Allison, would you open us for this next one? Um, how do you know if you have anxiety? Are there any proven permanent cures to anxiety?
3: Okay, so this is an interesting question because, like, what, I'm I'm wondering about the context, like, what you're thinking. So the answer is no. There's no proven except for there's Jesus, and his cure is not instant. So Jesus offers us himself and his Holy Spirit and salvation, and the cure for anxiety is the process of sanctification, which will end when we meet him. And then, yeah, there's going to be no anxiety at all. So I guess the answer is yes in that way. And what did I say before? Yes or no? <laughs> Either way, you get it. There's no instant fix for that. Just like there's no instant fix for all the other troubles that we have in this world. In this world, there will be troubles. We will experience those. Being a Christian doesn't mean it's fixed, but knowing that we have this problem of anxiety, and that God is offering us his peace and his rest, is a long-term answer that will eventually be yes.
0: Okay. Uh, Kim, can you... uh explain this one for us or begin the process and again feel free other panelists to jump in Um, how do I know if I'm experiencing anxiety or a divine absence of peace about something meaning is it possible for my discomfort or fear about a certain situation could be from the Holy Spirit and should actually be followed in some way and if so how can I discern this
1: that's such an insightful question Um, I think what I have found is what I, what I need to go back to is what do I know to be true? What is reality? I wanna stay in reality and not let my imagination run away. Let me just try to get out of the general and get into some specifics, okay? So let's say you've got a sister, her husband's going on a business trip and she just happens to know that one of his coworkers is very pretty. And so what happens in her brain they're gonna go on this trip. I see them laughing and talking, um, you know, at the company dinner. And the next thing we know, they're having an affair. You know, it just it becomes this thing. What's real? What's real is your husband's going on a business trip, and he has a coworker that's pretty. <laughs> that's what's real. That's what's reality. What I just did in my brain is my anxiety, my insecurity, and my fear. Of what could happen became this thing that's not real, um, so I have to go back to what's real, what's reality. Is there actually any reason for me to think that the thing I'm scared of is actually going to happen? Okay, so to so to so kind of start there. So there could be you know there you could do any have any kind of um, array of examples like that, but just being aware that what we, might what we, have some material here that's actually true, but then what am I doing with it in my brain, um, in my imagination? Where am I taking that? And trying to get back to what is actually true? What is actually reality? Do I actually have something here to be? And be aware of other things that may be coming in. Um, did you just read a news story? about something horrible that happened. Um, so, you know, if you're about to get on a plane and you just heard about a plane crash last week, then your mind is more likely to go towards, this plane's going to crash and we're, you know, we're all going down, than it would be had that not just happened. So being aware of the other things that are coming in as well that may be altering what is actually true. Now, but this question is good, because there could there be times where the Holy Spirit is actually... Helping you discern, yes, absolutely. That's where I think in the midst of feeling all the feelings, that it's helpful for you to get wise counsel. Seek out another friend. Here's what I'm anxious about. And your friend is hopefully going to say, what evidence do you have to support what you're you're scared of? Um, Let's talk this through. Let's pray. Let's pray together for the Lord to continue giving you discernment and guidance here. Um, So I would say prayer, wise counsel, um, and then really analyze the situation and ask what, is, what do I actually know to be true and what am I maybe running with a little bit?
3: I'm really bad at that, so I have a quick story that's, Exactly that. So I was working at a camp, and it was um, the girls' floor is the third floor, and the boys are in the second, et cetera. So the only girls are ever allowed on this third floor. And I was one of the camp counselors or whatever. So everyone was completely downstairs in their classroom, and I was walking on the third floor. And you go to the back, it's on a mountain, so you can walk right in. Well this man walks straight towards me, which is never allowed. Like you can never have men on this third floor, it's only for girls. So right away I was like... (laughs) Something's wrong, something's wrong, like in my mind. And then I felt like something's dangerous. And I corrected myself. I'm like, Allison, you don't even know him. Don't be rude. And so I said, hi, can I help you? And he goes, yeah, uh, do you know where Kevin, and he used somebody's real name offices. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's right over there. He goes, thanks, and walked the opposite way. And I was like, something's wrong, something's wrong. And then I corrected myself again. And he went and stole a whole bunch of money. And so that was God showing me that I was feeling something and I should have listened to him and I blew him off and acted like it was me saying that. So sometimes I totally agree we can get wise counsel and other times it's only God and so just asking right then. The only answer to that question is God who's in the moment, in the situation and can tell you right then. But I also have a policeman friend who told me, and I think it's relevant for us, that God gave us that sense of danger. His Holy Spirit uses that. So if you're walking somewhere, or if you're entering a situation, and you feel very ill at ease, and there isn't a reason that you would be anxious otherwise, like in your own flesh normally, listen to that. Ask God right away. God, is this like a warning from you? Because he says on almost all the crime scenes that he comes to, people had that feeling and didn't respond to it. So it's amazing that somebody asked how easy it is to confuse those two. And it's really important for us to to check.
2: I I would just add, um, there's a secular book called Protecting the Gift um, that I read when my kids were little, and it's just sort of encouraging your children when they have our intuition. God created us, I think, as women, knowing that we live in a fallen world, and there are times where you have that intuition And um, and encouraging our children, if somebody feels creepy to them, you do not have to give them a hug. Or, you know, just simple things like that. But I do think it is wisdom, but there are times where you have that feeling or are anxious. um, And just to tamp it down, like that would be sinful for me to be anxious right now, isn't necessarily the most spiritual response. Um, So wisdom in not overreacting, but also responding to that. Because that's God's
0: kindness, I think. Yeah, thank you. Um, Kim, this is directly related to um, your session tonight. So it says, how do we balance making decisions to be more sober-minded with what might be a tendency to run from difficulty? How do we balance making decisions to be more sober-minded with what might be a tendency to run from difficulty?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, Certainly there are times where we are terrified, and the thing we need to pray for is courage. God, give me courage in the midst of this. I'm about to walk into something that is very scary for me, Um, and that's the thing that we're
0: praying for. Um,
1: Sorry, the question was about little things. How do I not...
0: Uh, to be more sober-minded. How do I balance making decisions to be more sober-minded with a tendency to run from difficulty? To run from difficulty. Um, yeah, I think
1: this is where, you know, each of us just has to take stock of what are my own weaknesses. Um, you know, so there could be, I don't know, I've had seasons of my life where I, I needed to remove myself from a particular relationship for, for a period of time. I don't consider that running. I consider that my, my relationship with the Lord has to come, I wanna be healthy first. And um, so just kind of thinking through, yeah, I don't wanna run from things. Um, but again, I think it goes back to what's real, what's true. I think in, in my mind, like that's what it means to be sober-minded, like to, to stay in, to not run ahead in our imaginations, but to stay in what we know to be true and what we know to be real as much as possible, and then to be courageous in that, um, and to be courageous in the face of the what-ifs, because there's always a million what-ifs. You know, you could go on for days of, like, all the things that could happen. Um, But to pray that God would help us to be courageous in the midst of a lot of unknowns and a lot of scary things. Um, I don't know. I hope that answered the question in some way. If not, come find me, and we can talk it through.
0: Okay, this is our last question uh, before our song, um, but um, Shelley, would you start us out? Um, this is, how do we effectively approach the dissonance between navigating the need to pray into and against our anxiety, and yet also the reality that at times prayer does not eliminate our anxious thoughts and feelings? Is it some, not sometimes entirely the solution?
2: Um. Yeah. I don't think prayer in and of itself isn't the solution, it's the relationship that we have with the Lord that prayer allows us to access. Um, So when he asks us to pray, as Philippians 4, 8, begins with, the Lord is near, do not be anxious about anything. And so the act of praying isn't magic, or if I say these words, then I automatically am not anxious. Um, But the act of praying is what then draws us closer to this person who loves us and cares for us. Um, And I think I lived with a long time in thinking that God hates my anxiety, which he does, that it it is a sin. but I thought I'd do my little plug. This has changed in the last year a lot of how I think about anxiety. So it is a book, Gentle and Lowly. I think Garrett recommended it at some point, but kind of the whole point of the book is to reveal Jesus's feelings about us, which is not something we talk about a lot. Um, But kind of one of the main theses is when we are sinning, when we are flailing, when we are lost in an anxiety of horrors and a sinful world that is filled with awful things, um, Jesus' desire is to run towards us and be closer to us. And instead of being repelled by us and our anxiety, he says, oh, my daughter, I am so sorry. And I came in flesh, in a human being form, in this sinful world, and I have experienced what you are experiencing Um, He says in Hebrews that he took on flesh because we were flesh so that he would know and understand how we felt. Um, And so prayer then becomes not a duty or magic words. It is here is this person that loves me and understands me and has intense compassion that I am suffering in this way, and then prayer is what allows us to commune with him. And I do think your point about being honest and moment by moment is where we are, and instead of thinking he hates my ugliness and that 30 seconds ago I just asked forgiveness for this and now I'm worried about it again, he's like, come on, I love you, cast it again, come and talk to me and pray. Um, And so it doesn't cure it, but it is the process where we draw close to him. And maybe we have 10 seconds of peace, or maybe we have five minutes, or sometimes it might be a season, Um, but he's faithful and just says, bring it to me again, bring it to me again. Um, And and God's word's true, even when it doesn't feel true. Um, And so I think that he can answer and give us peace, but it's not magic.
1: One more thing. I'll just add one more thing. Um, that, yeah. So true, Amen. Um, I had the thought when I spread this question uh, just about Philippians four is probably the most I guess, famous passage on dealing, like on that we give to the anxious. Right? Um, don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Um, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It helps me to remember that the same Paul who wrote that truth also wrote 2 Corinthians 12 when he says, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And we have no idea what that thorn was. I mean, people have theories, but... The point is, he had something that kept badgering him, and he prayed, and God was like, it's better for you to have it. (laughs) Um, It's better for it to stay a little while longer, Um, and again, and again. So the same Paul who writes this truth, that the peace of God will transcend heart, will transcend, and guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, also writes that there were times when he prayed and God knew what was best, said, no, not right now. Um, this, is the, this is the Paul who was shipwrecked and beaten, bit by a snake all kinds of stuff, go on and on you know, locked up in his house so he had hardship after hardship and yet he knew the character of his God and that's what anchored him that's what he rested in just like Shelley said, like, there was the relationship it wasn't a magic prayer it, wasn't, it was the relationship that anchored him he knew who he was he knew his God, and he knew where he was going and that's that's why he could say Peace of God transcends all understanding.
3: And I think anxiety doesn't happen to us at convenient times when we're talking to our wise friend. It happens in the moment. It can be an emergency. It can be as when we're not expecting it. It's always in those places. But the good news to me is that Jesus is in the boat with us. Like what we keep talking about, he's actually there. He can actually answer that question in the moment. And so we can think about it beforehand and we can prepare ourselves. But he'll actually answer us then in whichever way we need to hear
2: And I was just, Paul's thorn in the flesh. Our bodies were made to live in a perfect world where we were safe all the time and there was no danger and everything around us was for our good. So the dangers that come in a fallen world affect our bodies. I mean, Romans says our bodies are groaning. All nature is groaning under the curse, um, and so I think when our bodies and our souls, our minds, like they're all connected, right? When we experience trauma, when Paul was shipwrecked, when he had this thorn, our bodies react because they know this is not how we're supposed to be treated. This harm that has come to me is wrong. Um, and so kind of that anxiety in the moment are, is a response of our bodies to this fallen world, um, and the effects that we carry in our bodies from trauma leads to anxiety, can lead to these things. Um, and yet again, like his, he knows that we are weak. And, uh, the trauma that Jesus suffered on the cross, he enters in into our traumas and our anxieties and can speak to us because he experienced that in his physical body in this fallen world. So I I think the thorn in the flesh, anxiety just isn't spiritual. It is we're physical beings, and and, and he promises we can fight this anxiety even in our bodies. Um, He promises to be with us.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, Shelly, would you pray for us as we end our panel? If we did not get to your question, um, we have two more of these June 25th and August 27th. So, um, and actually, we're going to be diving more into the topic of prayer. Um, our sister Rhonda Trailer is going to share with us more about prayer at one of those events as well. So, um, some of these questions will continue to be answered. Um, and, I believe all of our panelists will also be outside afterwards um, sharing the desserts and fellowship there. So feel free to ask them other questions then if we didn't get to your question tonight. Uh, but yeah, Shelley, would you pray for us?
2: Yeah. Um, Lord, we come before you and we praise you because you are a God who sees. You are a God who loves us. You are a God who is with us everywhere at all times. As Kim said, you are good, and you are loving, and you are powerful, and you are sovereign, and um, we are grateful. I confess that it is hard to remember that in the midst of anxiety. When horrible things have happened to us, are happening, it is hard to hold all of those truths at the same time, that you are good and powerful. And so I ask that you would forgive my unbelief, but I thank you that you sent your son who took on flesh just like us so that he could understand us, so that he could save us from the worst thing that could happen to us, which would be separation from you forever. Um, I thank you for my sisters who have brought us your word. Um, We are grateful um, that you are a God who reveals himself, and we are grateful to hear from them. Um, And the truth. And we ask, God, that you would be with us. You promise that you will never leave or forsake us. You move towards us. You are not tired of our anxiety. You want to be with us. And so I ask that you would be with each of my dear sisters in this room. Lord, for our sisters who have undergone trauma and serious suffering with anxiety in their bodies and their minds and their souls lord bring them help we ask that you would be with them in a very special way give them hope that you love them lord we look forward to the new heaven and a new earth and our new bodies where we won't even have to try not to be anxious because we'll just obey you and we'll be perfectly safe Lord, for our everyday anxieties and traffic for children, it's so tempting, there's so many things, Lord, we do ask that you would help us to put into practice the things that we've heard, and we thank you that you forgive us when we don't, Um, and I just thank you that you are an ever-present help in the time of trouble, and we pray in your name, Amen. amen.